0: Star Wars 7x7 episode 2627. It's a spinner Sunday here, and so it's time to look at a short story from Star Wars Insider. That's a lot of S's. We're going to do five key takeaways from past mistakes, which is part one of the latest High Republic story from Kevin Scott. Punch it. rebel rouser I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7 by 7 your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it so recently in a brief exchange with Kevin Scott on Twitter I mentioned that he is like the hardest working Star Wars writer right now and my goodness between Tempest Runner coming out and then the Life Day Treasury co-written with George Mann and now his short story in Star Wars Insider you know aside from the Marvel comic ongoing and the Monster Temple Peak coming soon and who knows or actually I guess it issues are already out (laughs) and who knows what else he's working on right yeah a lot of stuff going on with that man and past mistakes is just the most recent release so this is part one of what is presumably a two-part story that's kind of the routine that they've set over at star wars insider with this also for those of you keeping score at home this is the fourth short story from star wars insider related to the high republic and also four for four on two word titles yeah, I'm actually paying attention to that. It was go together and then first duty and then hidden danger and now past mistakes. Anyway, that's, that's your bonus takeaway, if you will. But let's get to the five takeaways that I have for you about this particular short story. First of all, we'll give it a place in time, and it seems like, you know, and I haven't had the chance to double super secret check this, but I think this is taking place concurrently with some of the events of Tempest Runner, the audio drama from Kevin Scott, because there is a reference to them processing Nihil prisoners brought in by Firebird Squadron, and I can't remember the name of the squadron that captured Nihil prisoners at the beginning of Tempest Runner, but we did hear, I was gonna say we did see, we heard in Tempest Runner that they were interviewing Nile prisoners during that uh, audio drama near the beginning of it. So it seems like it's sort of a concurrent situation. It's also indicated as taking place a few months after the events of the Republic Fair and the disaster on Volo that was depicted in the rising storm and the race to Crash Point Tower. So that kind of lines up time-wise as well. Now, the second thing I wanna flag for our conversation is what's up with Marshall Chris? There's a lot of reference to her being involved in other things in a variety of stories. Like for example, this story talks about how she's off fighting the Nihil during the time of this particular short story and there's reference in The Rising Storm to the fact that she's off fighting the Drengir and I believe, you know, if I remember correctly, she's part of the uh, the Marvel Star Wars comic and the events that happened in the first story arc with the Drengir and I know that she is very, you know, very dramatically depicted riding a rancor in, uh, I think it was issue six of the Marvel Star Wars comic and I have not read that story arc yet because I'm waiting for the arc to be completed before you and I talk about it, but I feel like we're getting a lot of references in stories to you know her being off doing something else and she's the marshal of Starlight Beacon so I'm really kind of surprised that she's the one you know who's off doing all these things and not a bunch of other Jedi but they are using Starlight Beacon as a staging place for all of these you know pushbacks against the Nile and the Drenger. and there's talk of Administrator Hen really just being exhausted after the third deployment of Jedi vectors in that particular day in which we find her in this story and so in addition to Starlight Beacon being this you know blazing you know sign of light and wonder and hope in the Outer Rim it's also become a military outpost for all intents and purposes and that's kind of fascinating in its own right and you know possibly another sign of history repeating itself kind of in a way with Jedi being co-opted into a military effort and Marshal Chris, kind of, you know, the most obvious sign of how this is going. Instead of being the main Jedi on this beacon of hope, she is instead not there and off fighting these military campaigns. So yeah, Uh, I feel like that doesn't bode well for the future, you know, just (laughs) of what's gonna happen with the Jedi. Like, should they have just left it to Republic Defense Command? Yeah, I guess we're gonna find out more about that soon enough. So that's the second thing. The third thing is what the inciting incident of the story is. And I don't know if I was supposed to think this was funny, but I found this Hysterical, And I think it may have to do with the fact that skier the Trandoshan Jedi, is being deployed for comic value, or maybe it's just that I find it very funny and amusing, just that he's so angry and no nonsense in the face of some things. So basically what happens is this guy from JN's past named Vane Sarpo arrives on Starlight Beacon and has a bunch of containers that are filled with plastic statuettes of Jedi Avar Chris, and also of Jedi Vectors that are terribly wrong. They have six wings when they're not supposed to and there are coffee mugs with a Starlight Beacon logo but it's upside down. So it's basically all a bunch of just junk merchandise and one character later refers to it as Old Tat, which I guess is Kevin Scott's English background showing because that's British slang for cheap junk and I even ended up on Urban Dictionary to find out that the slang is sometimes used for junk that's being sold to tourists in central London. So yeah, that's that's one that I'm going to be adopting <laughs> to my day-to-day every opportunity I get and skiers just outraged by this and basically looks like he wants to tear the guy limb from limb or sounds like or reads like he wants to tear the guy limb from limb so yeah it just struck me as as really funny and amusing and so yeah that was the third takeaway from the story for me fourth takeaway from this is velko j hen's past basically so you know we were introduced to her and reminded that she was on the front lines of a civil war on this planet soiken and we kind of forget that, I think, because she's Administrator Jahan, right? So she's kind of helping to run the station. It's really more of an operational logistics kind of thing. But she's no joke. She is a fighter. And we are reminded of this based on the fact that this Vane Sarpo guy shows up who is not just somebody who fought you know, alongside her in the Civil War, but is also a soldier of fortune, as he describes himself. And Skier gets really angry. (laughs) He's like, he's a mercenary and starts baring his teeth at him, which part of the amusement again. (laughs) But anyway, and also they are apparently, you know, off, I should say, (laughs) I should clarify, Velko and Vane were, you know, on again, off again lovers and suited, Velko fine at the time because, you know, who wants to be committed to anything in the middle of a civil war? Yeah, makes sense logically, right? But I appreciate the fact that they are continuing to develop Velko Jahan's character, not just forward with what she encounters at Starlight Beacon and how she grows as a character, but also looking backwards and giving us the opportunity to learn more about her history and about who she was before she arrived at Starlight, which ultimately helps inform our understanding and appreciation for her as she develops further. And the fifth and final takeaway I'll give you on this one is that I feel like this story ultimately, as opposed to the last couple, um, is less mystery and more soap opera or space opera, I guess, properly speaking, right? Because there's something that needs to be figured out in the in your previous stories, and that's where we land on the cliffhanger. But in this particular case, there is a big reveal at the cliffhanger moment of the story where they say to be continued. This is, if you haven't figured it out, a full spoiler discussion of the story. So if you don't want me to spoil the big surprise, then now would be a time to say, hey, thanks, and see you later, see you tomorrow. But here we go. So yeah, the big reveal is that those plastic statuettes of Chris and Jedi Vectors, it was really a front, and Vane was meeting somebody on Starlight Beacon to try to smuggle weapons to this other shady character that showed up there, and is being actively sought for smuggling weapons to the Nile. So this vain person is still acting as a mercenary and has the temerity to try to pull off an illicit weapons smuggling transfer on Starlight Beacon itself, which is crazy. But there's gotta be more to that story than just him smuggling weapons to the Nile. There's gotta be some deeper thing about this, which you know, I guess we'll find out in part two in the next issue of Star Wars Insider which, of course, we have to wait another little while for, but, eh, you know, that's okay. There are a lot of other Star Wars stories that we still have to talk about in the meantime, and so, yeah, we'll have no lack of things to talk about while we wait for part two to arrive. So there you go. That's what I've got for you on Spinner Sunday today. That's going to do it for this episode of the show, and it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always, and may the Force be with you wherever in the world you may be